Grab a drink and have a seat. It's time to chat with the hottest new artists and songwriters around. This is Back Porch Sippin' with Lindsay. Hey y'all, before we kick off another interview on Back Porch Sippin', I want to let you know if you're not following us on Facebook or Instagram, now is the time to do so. We're gearing up to do a couple giveaways for the holidays, and I want you, of course, to be a part of it. So be sure to follow us at Back Porch Sippin' P-O-D. Joining me all the way from Georgia this week, this guy has written hit songs for Andrew Janakis, Brandon and Davis, Low Cash. His songbook on Spotify contains over 20 songs written or produced by him. This week, we're talking with Alex Pennington-Smith. Man, you've had a very, very busy past two years or so. It's been really good, you know? I mean, it's been something that I feel like it's kind of coming to a head, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's been a lot of work. I feel like people haven't seen in a lot of like really, really bad songs that have been written and uh, some really good ones too. But no, nah, I mean, it's just, it's been great. I mean, a lot of it, I think starting with, um, yeah, I mean the whole Janakis thing that really kind of catapulted um, a lot of the songwriting and production into like a new level, you know? Yeah. How long had you known Andrew? Uh, about a little more than two years now. He had gotten off the voice and we had a mutual friend uh, that was playing guitar for him at the time, Clayton Murray. Shout out Clayton. And uh, yeah, so he said, hey, I've got a buddy I've been playing with and you know, you guys should write together sometime. And so I don't remember who hit who up first or whatever, some yeah. Instagram message. And, uh, you know, a couple of days later, he was over at the house writing and we wrote stick around that first time. Yeah, we just became like really quick friends. That's awesome. And then Andrew kind of blew up with some of the songs that you wrote. You co-wrote Wine Country with them. How does that feel to go through your For You page and people are making videos to like a song you wrote. I get lost in that stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not the biggest TikToker, but when I do get on and I start going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, it is. It's really cool, though. I mean, to see people coming up with either some kind of dance or some kind of like crazy, you know, and there's some really cringy stuff on there, too. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's almost like the most entertaining. <laughs> yeah. And then you kind of had the same luck with Brandon. So what's the story with you and Brandon? How'd you guys meet? Brandon Davis. Yeah. He kept popping up on my For You page. And at the time, Andrew had just signed his deal with Sony. And they had him on Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting and radio meetings. And so he wasn't able to write as much as we were. You know, I mean, that was a big gap in my schedule because I dedicated a lot of time to um, Janakis and I writing. And so I got on and uh, Brandon just kept popping up and kept popping up. And I said, well, this guy can he can sing. He's a, he's a good looking dude. He's checking a lot of boxes here, you know, and um, yeah, he had a major following. And so I hit him up on Instagram one day. Well, no, the funny thing was, is I remember thinking this was back in January this, this year. And um, I remember thinking, all right, this guy's awesome. I'd like to write with him, but I'm not going to reach out tonight. I'm beat tired. And uh, you know, if, if I still feel this way tomorrow, then, you know, I'll hit him up. And as soon as I woke up that next morning, he was the first thing that popped up on my for you page. Oh my gosh. And and so I wrote him and, you know, shot in the dark thinking, all right, well, 
people hit me up to write sometimes. And, you know, Instagram has always been like a good network for me. And so I hit him up and asked him, I said, Hey, you know, do you ever like to write a song together? Um, do you co-write much? And it's funny, same thing with him and Andrew both is they had never co-written a song. Um, wow. they had only written by themselves and, uh, Brandon had, had been writing a lot. Um, Brandon, he told me, he was like, man, I've got three, 400 songs that I've, I've written, you know, by myself, but I've never co-written. So at that point I hit up Kyle Clark, uh, who lives in Nashville and I'm in Atlanta still right now and Brandon being in Chattanooga. And so I hit up Kyle and I said, Hey man, there's this guy that I found on TikTok. You know, I think it would be worth a shot to, you know, go try to write a song with him. He seems super talented, you know, again, started checking all the boxes off. And um, so the next day, Kyle and I met Brandon at his house in Chattanooga. And that's when we wrote What Cowboys Are For. It was the first write that we all had together. Wow. um, That vocal on that song was the demo vocal. Really? Yeah. So we cut that in his upstairs loft. And there were kids running around and <laughs> up there, you know, they're both trying to kind of round up the kids and keep them quiet while Brandon was singing. And at one point, I think we have a picture that Kyle took of Brandon singing with one of the kids on his hip, uh, holding the microphone. It's funny. Kyle told me because he's the one that, um, he's the one that edited that vocal. He said, as I was going through, I would hear kids running in the background on some of this stuff. And, uh, so I don't know, really, really cool story with Brandon. I mean, him, Andrew, you know, the guys that I've been working with, they, I mean, they're, they just feel like brothers. They feel like family at this point. That's awesome. About what age did you kind of start getting into songwriting? I was probably about nine. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I mean, and I even asked my mom the other day, I was like, when did I start taking piano lessons? I can't remember. It was either like eight or nine. And I found some old cassette tapes of me like singing and playing around that age uh, <laughs> the other day. It's so funny. I sound like a chipmunk. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can remember being in third grade and that particular year, Tim McGraw came out with I Like It, I Love It. The same At the same time, probably within a month span, you could Google fact check me on this and <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it would probably line up somewhere in here. But so Tim McGraw, I Like It, I Love It and Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise came out like right around the same time and I knew every single word to both of those songs like and that's like when for me like my musical journey like started I was like I love this you know I've still got songbooks from when I was 10 years old just handwriting songs and these things man I love that do you remember what you titled your first song that you ever wrote yeah, I think it was a song called Raise It Up. And uh, it actually sounds like a really good country title now. But uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't country. I mean, I was all over the place as far as sound goes back then. I had no, I mean, still don't have any idea what I'm doing, but I'd like to think I figured something out in a couple of years, you know. But uh, I'd say so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I can't even remember. I, I want to say it had like a Van Halen kind of like. Okay. <laughs> <thing to> it. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. My dad was a huge Van Halen fan. Did your parents write or play or anything like that? No, I mean, both of my grandmothers sang in the choir, but my mom and dad, neither one like understood how I got bit by the music bug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
So I know you're over by Atlanta now. Is that where you're from? Yeah, I grew I grew up right around okay. uh, well, the Atlanta area. Do you think that you'd ever move to Nashville or are you able to really do everything pretty much from Atlanta? I'm definitely thinking about getting a place there. Yeah. Um, I've been looking more so. Um, I mean, we don't have to get into the crazy real estate market or anything right now, but yeah. you know, I've, I've been looking more so at land there than I have okay. homes. I mean, Nashville has exploded. And yes. <laughs> now is not the time for anybody to be buying a house. <laughs> so who are some of your musical influences? I mean, a lot of them have been friends. And, yeah. um, but I mean, I, I grew up doing, um, mainly hip hop stuff and I did that up until the time I was probably 20 years old. My brother and a good friend of mine, Matt Sherling, that used to rap with us a lot. Um, Tyler Hubbard from Florida, Georgia line. He was in there with us, but yeah, I mean, I, lo- I used to love a lot of backpack rap, mm-hmm. um, a lot of New York rap. And so, I mean, that was a huge thing, but, but really the thing I, I feel like that made me look at music differently, um, uh, was a guy named Jeff Buckley. I don't know. Do you know who Jeff Buckley is? I don't know. Um, he's, he's dead now. He died in the nineties, but okay. he was, he was right in with that grunge era that came in, but he kind of went like the other way. It was very like eclectic best singer I've ever heard. And the way that he puts melodies together and the way that that guy just structures chords in a song, I mean, it is, it'll blow your mind. <laughs> I got to check him out now. Yep. Yep. No, nah, I mean, that's the guy that, yeah, I, I feel like he changed the way I look at music forever. That's awesome. So what's your daily schedule kind of look like? Are you writing like every day or? Um, most days I'm working on something, okay. you know, um, I mean, it's either, like right now I've got a whole bunch of live acoustic stuff that I did for Andrew Janakis that I'm trying to get all of that touched up and over to the videographer that recorded the video for the session. So, I mean, I'm picking up work like that, but then also I've got two songs I'm producing for Brandon Davis right now. Another one that I'm doing for Josh Bricker, another one I'm doing for Freddie P. Um, so I've got a lot of production stuff kind of in the works right now alongside the songwriting, but I mean, I, I probably write, three times a week still with all of that going on. And like said, you have kids too, right? I do. Yep. I've got, Man. I've got three that are, that are mine and a stepdaughter. You are very, very busy. <laughs> yep. That's what I said. It's yeah. Not slowing down. That's I how can't. you and Brandon <laughs> get along so well, probably. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We both get each other in that aspect. No doubt. Definitely. <laughs> so the dreaded rotters block. I'm sure you've experienced it just like everyone else. How do you kind of handle that? People, other people, it's uh, trust the process. Don't worry so much about what the end result's going to be. You know, I've, I've thought about this a lot because early on when I wrote a lot by myself is when I would find that that was something that happened a lot. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm you're sitting on an idea and you're also, you're, you're trying to not pump a song out in four hours, but it may take two weeks for you to get the entire thing the way that you want it because you've gotten so close to it and so personal with it. And um, that's still a great way to write songs. I still write songs that way. Um, But I think that when you start collaborating with people, it's not always, it, it doesn't become a game of, 
of uh, how do I get my idea, you know, or whatever. Sometimes like it's about finding what your role is in the room and saying, okay, well today I see that this guy is really chasing one. Um, How do I make his idea better? How do I, you know, so it's not always being the guy that's like, I've got the hook. We're writing my hook. It's like best idea wins always in a co-write. Um, and yeah, I mean, you just have got to be able to find your spot in the room and it's not always the same role every time. Right. Do you have a group that you really like writing with? There's been this group of guys that has been like a really core group for me. We, so last year in 2020, uh, we did two writers retreats in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, um, the guys that went on that retreat, uh, we didn't know Brandon at the time, but if we did, he would have been there as well. But the guys that went on that retreat are really my core group of guys. I mean, we've got Jason Afable that lives out in LA. He, um, he's done a lot of Willie Jones stuff. He produced Gone Too Soon for Janakis and wrote on that as well. Um, Josh Bricker was on that, it was in that crew, Eric Webb, Eric Mallon. I mean, I'm just trying to think of the, uh, the people that were at that retreat. And I mean, and those are my guys that I write with all the time. I don't feel like I have to do 50 first dates in Nashville anymore, Yeah, you know, (laughs) but at the same time, I mean, it's always good getting some new blood in the room and, seeing how that sort of um, impacts the way that people are writing. But most of the time when I get into something new, I'll call one of these guys and say, Hey, found something really cool. Want to hop in on this with me? And they usually do. That's awesome. Well, I want to tell you, I don't even like love songs, but you wrote one of my like favorite songs. So you co-wrote like yesterday with Andrew and I believe Kyle, right? Right. Yep. That's literally one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. I appreciate that. That just made my day. I appreciate that. Yeah. We wrote that. We wrote that song at an Airbnb that Andrew had rented um, before he had moved to town. It was like right around that time. And we had another co-write set up that day that the guy bailed on. And so Kyle ended up coming over to, I mean, he was, he was part of that as well, but Kyle ended up coming over and he says, man, you know, we really need to get Andrew a song that's like a beautiful, crazy or something that's like in that vein, that's just country, but it's like heartfelt and you can't like deny it. And I'd had this title sitting in my phone for a long time. And it it just said yesterday and a lifetime ago. And I just thought that those ideas are, I mean, they're opposites, you know what I mean? It's like very soon and then very far away. And we try to figure out the best way to sort of, construct that and write around that idea um to land on that hook and um yeah Kyle's a beast he's a beast of a writer uh Andrew is a he's a beast of a he just makes you believe it you know yeah absolutely in your opinion what kind of makes a good song hooks melodies somewhat structure if you don't have a good hook then you're not really writing toward anything, you know, you're not writing with any purpose. And sometimes, sometimes you figure out what the hook is as you write, but you're always looking for it. And if it's not already there, but you know, if you start with the hook and sort of write around that, I always tell a lot of people that are getting into this and new writers um, that are 
wanting some type of advice is always right toward the hook, you know, make sure that everything points toward the hook, obviously melody huge, you know, and what I've found is in life, my first thought hasn't always been right. But when writing a lot of times your first thought or first melody is the one that has the most potential. I don't know why, I don't know why that is. It's because, I mean, subconsciously you have no idea what it's going to be, but you know, we're these sponges that just absorb everything that we've ever heard, ever, ever been a part of. And sometimes I think that that comes out when, when you're in the room and you're right there on the spot, not even thinking about it. Yeah. So I know you mentioned earlier, you also are a producer. So what kind of made you get into that? along with songwriting? I got into producing just by default. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up uh, doing a lot of hip hop stuff, like I told you. Mm-hmm. And so we were making beats in the bedroom. We had the, I mean, if you listen to the Nappy Root song where he says, you know, uh, microphone in the closet, no headphones, we lost it or whatever, that was us. Like we <laughs> uh, were uh, just making beats after school and I, I knew how to use a DAW, you know, and I knew how to structure things and set up uh, things for, you know, making drums and different, you know, just recording multiple instruments. And I always ended up becoming the track guy in the room um, writing, Um, not always, but a lot of times. And so my buddy, Chris Hamrick, he used to be in a group called Hamrick and Haynes with Nick Haynes. The two of them were a duo and they came to me and said, uh, we want you to produce three songs for us. And I said, but I'm not a producer. And they were like, you are now <laughs> like we like what, we like what you do. And that was the biggest like learning thing for me, because I was actually going to studios and tracking live drums and trying to figure out how to work live drums, because that's like an different life of itself i mean you've got all the mics and they all kind of bleed into each other and it's this weird like game of how do i get this to balance and punch and um and all this which yeah i mean that was the first project that i got thrown into and that was youtube video after youtube video trying to figure out how do i get this sound why doesn't this sound right um and then just talking to other producers uh, kind of helps you get some of that stuff dialed in but yeah, never meant to be a producer, never meant to, to do any of this stuff. <laughs> How long right. do you think it took you to kind of finish that first project? Uh, a few months. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was something that they, I don't think that they were in a super big hurry to get it finished, but then also they had certain players that they wanted to be on it instead of me right. having like my guys. They were like, I want you to use my guy and he lives here. And he can come to you on this day. So it was like this process of sort of just getting everything put together. It was very like piecemeal. Like it wasn't all, hey, let's go to a studio with like a bunch of uh, session players. It was very like travel here, travel there kind of thing. And then me spending a ton of time killing my ears, just (laughs) trying to figure out how to um, make it sound good, which um, that's why I get other people to mix my stuff now is... (laughs) It's, I mean, for me, like when you don't know what you're doing in that, it's, it can be like very tedious and very time consuming. And I've, I've gotten a lot better at it, but I'm definitely no, no pro. So I know you mentioned that when you first started producing, you were watching a lot of different videos and things like that. So now when you go in to produce something, what's kind of the first thing you're looking for? 
I usually start with drums. I mean, if I can get drums and bass to hit and get things around that, if I, and, I, and if I can get a vocal to work with drums and bass, I try to center things around really those three things mm-hmm. um, and try to just get it to fall in. I don't know. I've, I've gotten, I've gotten a little bit quicker with it because if I find something that I like, I can set a preset on whatever that chain is and go back to it. And it doesn't always work for everything, but it, it at least gets you close to where you can say, Oh, well, I hear it needs this or it needs that. Like I need to yeah. just di- dial it in at that point. So not quite like template based, like Billy Decker mixes, but I do have like a lot of, uh, I do have a lot of presets and things that I've, I've found that work you know what i mean people actually yeah. sell like their vocal chains you know what i mean like yeah. they're like you know this is drake's vocal chain or this is like you know khalid's vocal chain or whatever which it probably isn't you know but at the same time like that's something that does take a little bit of time i think to craft and figure out what you like and uh i have people all the time that say hey you know can can you send me your vocal chain and and i do <laughs> that's awesome that's got to be such yeah. a good feeling you know yeah for sure how do you kind of spend your free time outside of like music with the kids yeah yeah i mean that's i, lo- I love to um take them out to my grandparents property where i grew up and they've got um i mean it's like a five acre pond out there and you know we'll just i just let them run around the run around the lake and you know, we'll get in the boat sometimes or we'll fish sometimes. I mean, it's just fun to just be out there. And yeah. um, I mean, it's not close to like any like main road or anything. So it's almost like you can just let them run and they just are like happy and loud. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and it's, I mean, and it's, and for me, it's just such a cool nostalgic thing because I get to see them do a lot of what I did growing up. Yeah. And I mean, well, the good parts of what I love, you know what I mean? Like, I think that, you know, that's what you want is it's like, all right, like, what didn't I like? What do I like? I love this. I want them to experience this too. Right. And so, yeah, that was one of those things. So, yeah. How old are your kiddos? 11, 10, 9, and 7. You do have your wow. hands full. Your wife has her hands full as well. No, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Are any of them kind of giving off vibes that they might follow in your footsteps? Two of my daughters, uh, about two weeks ago, um, said, Daddy, we want to write a song. And I said, let's do it, you know. So we started we started writing the song. I said, what do you want the song to be about? And my nine-year-old says, drama. And I was like, what do you mean drama? She's like, well, sometimes like kids at the playground, like they just want to fight and they don't want to play. And she's like, and I just get tired of it. And I'm like, cool. Like, let's write it. Let's write about that. So um i let them fight over who wanted to do the first verse and all of that you know but uh so i mean i've yeah i've got it it's coming out it's gonna hit you 2022 drama (laughs) there we go oh i can't wait (laughs) so when it comes to creativity what do you like doing more songwriting or producing they just scratch different itches for me you know i mean i don't think that i could really have one without the other at this point because I do love being in a room where I'm not running track and mm-hmm. I, I'm able to contribute more to idea and melody or not have to feel so like, you know, spread thin between different uh, different parts of the song. But there's definitely something about 
it's almost like a game sitting in front of the computer trying to get things to sound a certain way or knowing like, hey, this will work or hey, let's try this out. And so I do try to give myself a lot of time to just experiment because I, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I do that as much as I should still, you know, because um, that's how you find all those things that make it quicker to do whatever it is later is going, Oh, I just fell on this really cool thing that works. Like, let me save that. So I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, they scratch different itches for me. I love them both. Uh, they're both, I couldn't, I couldn't live without doing either one of them. <laughs> well, we don't want you to have to do that either. So <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> have you had the opportunity yet to hear one of your songs that you've co-wrote on the radio? Not like, you know, where they've had, a major ad date or anything. I mean, right. the closest, the closest thing, I mean, and I didn't even write the song. It just uh, happened on one of the retreats that I put on, but with gone too soon was something that got radio ads. But yeah, I mean, wine country has been on the highway. There's been several different sort of local things that I've seen, but nothing like on that big scale where you say, all right, like, I can't wait to see what that mailbox money looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're writing, are you kind of aiming towards like, yeah, I want a radio cut or are you just writing just to get it out there? Just depends on the vibe that day. Body in the room's feeling too is, uh, you know, are we writing for radio today or are we writing for us? You know, and most of the time when you're writing for you, those songs end up being the best songs anyway. So I do like to just figure out what kind of mood everybody's in and, you know, Hey, what, what do you guys feel like writing today? Or, Hey, I feel like writing this kind of thing, or I had this idea, but I'm very like, again, best idea wins uh, type mentality in the, in the room because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if you can, if you can figure it out and if you hear whatever the hook is and you've got a couple of different twists on it right off the rip and you've got, you know, some kind of storyline or whatever to where it just makes sense. You know, you don't have to guess what are we writing about? Like, what is this? Because that happens all the time where you go, I don't even know what we're saying right now. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I'm just waiting on something to pop out that makes sense. Before we wrap it up, I know that you do have your songbook kind of out there for everybody. So where can they find that and just find you, you know, online? Everything is at Alex Pennington Smith. So if you want to see the songbook, it's at Alex Pennington Smith, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. So one last question for you. Looking forward to 2022, what can we expect from you? More songs. I would like to think, and you know, I know that Janakis will probably be working on a full length at some point. I mean, just guessing. Brandon will probably be doing the same as far as the timeline goes. Yeah, just more songs, better songs. Uh Hopefully, I mean, you know, I didn't I didn't know Brandon before this year. So it's exciting to just see what can happen. Yes. You know what I mean? And, you know, I don't know. I don't know where I'll be a year from now. Yeah. No clue. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, though. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing the song with your daughters. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll. Uh, yeah. When we get off, I'll, I'll shoot you a little clip of it. It's, yes. it's pretty cute. Alex, it's been a pleasure to have you on Back Porch Sippin'. I think you are one of the best songwriters I've had the opportunity to hear. No, thank you for having me. This has been a blast. Uh, We'll have to do it again. Definitely. Yeah, appreciate you.
Thanks for listening to Back Porch Sipping with Lindsay. Subscribe now to stay up to date and hear new episodes first. Be sure to like and follow us at Back Porch Sippin' P.O.D.